Hi there, and welcome to Shelf Logic. Uh, I'm Alyssa. And I'm Corbin. And we are live, well, semi-live, from <laughs> the stacks of the Ed Robeson Library, where today we will be talking about true crime. Yep, books that we have enjoyed and seen from our wonderful shelves, which are some of the coolest in the in the county. That's what I go with. Yeah, I thought that was a good line. Get it? Because it's... Okay. Anyways, <laughs> you'll be able to find these books like in our libraries, also online through Hoopla Digital and Libby if you are somebody that would like to read them online. So um, I'm going to let Corbin go first. We each picked three books that were on our true crime shelf that we're staring at right now, and we're going to be discussing them a little bit. So uh, Corbin, do you want to go first? Yeah. So I will start with... A book by Patricia Cornwell, and it is called Ripper, The Secret Life of Walter Sickert. And Patricia Cornwell, she's an author who has um, written 29 bestsellers. Uh, she's more well-known for her Scarpetta series, which is a medical examiner who solves murder mysteries. But this was her first dive into true crime. And this is actually a revised book of one that she did back in the early 2000s. Uh, Ripper was printed about three years ago, um, in, in which she believes that this artist named Walter Sickert was actually the Ripper. And it's interesting. It's a deep dive. Some of the pictures in there are kind of graphic, not only just um, actual photos at the time, but just uh, artist descriptions of what happened. But she is going in in terms of trying to prove that this artist who was in and around at the time with similar handwriting and similar like doodles of his own that were kind of dark and it, it, it almost feels like a reach going in at first but then reading it even though personally I still don't fully agree I am compelled by her argument to at least dive deeper so I highly recommend it she definitely knows how to write it's very readable and it's also very um deep I would say it's an in-depth dive uh, for true crime junkies it's definitely one I would recommend picking up and if I'm not mistaken, she's also a mystery writer, yes? Yes, that's what she does. Yeah, yeah. that's her That's her big thing. The Scarpetta series is a good one. Yeah. She also did a cookbook. I have that. It's she pretty good. a cookbook? Based off of the Scarpetta series, yeah. In fact, it was a nice soup I made about four months ago from it. So, not horrible. She's actually a pretty good cook, too. Oh, well, I'm intrigued. It's not J.D. Robb, but it's close. And always, at least in one... <laughs> Gotta put J.D. Robb in there. One time, at least. Um, honestly, you know, I'm surprised J.D. Robb hasn't, like, dabbled in true crime that much. Yeah. You're um, right. It's all been fiction. Because that would be it. very interesting. It I would think. be. I mean, obviously, you as the number one J.D. Robb fan would I'd be, be ecstatic. But yeah. uh, so I'm going to dive into my first one. It's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer by Michelle McNamara. Um, for those of you that may have not heard about this book, it's been very popular um, as of recent. Uh, HBO Max just did a documentary uh, with Pat Oswald, who was married to Michelle McNamara uh, before her untimely death. And it's very it's interesting that this man, the Golden State Killer, was able to run around for years and actually still I believe he still lived in the Bay Area when he was caught. The fact that he was just running around and doing all these horrific things. And I'm not going to lie. This book is a tad bit graphic. So if you're somebody that's more sensitive and you don't want to hear about, you know, burglaries, definitely don't like read this if you're home alone 
Oh yeah. Thank yeah. You. Nope. Won't do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, but it is, it's very intriguing. Um, this is kind of the book that got me started into true crime. I was looking for a good book to do a book club with. And this one had amazing reviews. People were saying that it was great. It was on the New York Times bestseller. And it is very well written. She dedicated so much time and so much effort into finding him. It's amazing. So I would definitely recommend reading the book first and then if you got through it okay check out the hbo miniseries um because you get to see her when she was working on it and people who were working with her to finish the book and to ultimately find the killer so it was very it's very intriguing i i was a fan i've always meant to get my hands on it like actually not on it but reading it well perfect because it's right here in my hands oh, oh and, my goodness and now it's in mine and there it is so i'm excited um i've heard great things about it obviously the story itself is kind of sad the backdrop of it the, the 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 background surrounding it but as far as a true crime book it seems well read and it's something i'm definitely looking forward to getting my hands on yeah. aside from just like holding it but like actually opening the pages and oh my gosh i'm reading I know <laughs> that was rough. Let's go on to a different book. <laughs> the transitions, man. You, you, anyway, Kills of the Flower Moon by David Grant. He's uh, another best-selling author who wrote a book called The Lost City of Z, which I highly recommend. This book was one that I read for book club as well, and I wasn't reading it for one, but as part of one. And it, the way that Grant writes, it's true crime, but it's almost written in like this narrative that is almost like a well-crafted fiction story, except, and that probably makes it more compelling, it's concerning the Osage people who, in the 1920s, they came into a lot of money because oil was discovered on their land. Mm -hmm. And so they were living well, you know, they, they, they had a, a high quality of life. And in the late 1920s, they just started being murdered, like several of them, one after the other, in just horrific ways. And they were trying to figure out what was going on and why because you know a person would be missing for a couple of days and then they would be found dead and the the way that Grant goes into this he's discussing the Osage people their history he's discussing the 1920s in a rural area where it was like remnants of the wild west still existed mm -hmm. he's also discussing people who were called to investigate these crimes many of which who would also later form the FBI and so this look into the people, into the 1920s of the time period, into the FBI, um, um, Edgar Hoover and his motivations and how, I mean, they have a very oh. great character dive on Hoover that, I mean, depending on whatever you feel about him, you know, in later years, a lot of what set the tone for that was started in this book or was described in this book. And it was really good. Um, I've read it twice. I own it. it, it it's something I highly recommend. It is very sad. Um, as most true crime can be. And I, I think the answers at the end of the book are ultimately disappointing in terms of, you know, for true crime, you, 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 you're you interested for different reasons. For me, it's why it would happen. It was horrible, but I want to see the process of investigating it and finally coming to its conclusion. And when you're left with investigations that have more questions than answers, mm -hmm. that can be concerning, especially when it's long-lasting ramifications for an entire group of people. That impacts me differently. But with that being said, Kills of the Flower Moon it, it's a very heavy read, but it's also one that is very good, and I can't recommend it enough. Hmm. That, um, Killers of the Flower Moon has mm. a lot of accolades, yeah? Yes, it's very it's very well-received, and it's still one that is getting good 
bag drop on reviews even now. It's been around for a couple of years. I think both of my books were from 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because I know that we have a ton of copies in the Maricopa County yeah. Library District. So um, I've seen it multiple times. I just never bothered to pick it up. So I'll definitely have to check that one out. Mm. So for my second book, I chose The Third Rainbow Girl, um, a, lof- a Long Life of a Double Murder. Um, and this one is by Emma Eisenberg. So basically, in June of 1980, uh, in Pocahontas County, West Virginia, there were two girls that were murdered, uh, Vicki Duran and Nancy Santomero, I believe is how you say her last name. Yeah. Uh, They were fairly young. I want to say like they were in their mm, late teens, early 20s. Um, But there was a third traveler with them and they didn't know what happened to her they referred to these girls as the rainbow murders um they were on their way to a uh gathering it it was it was the 80s so it was uh, i don't want to classify it as like a hippie type gathering but that that was the sense that we were getting okay um, but it's very interesting. I will admit, like, the first couple chapters were a lot of background about Pocahontas County, West Virginia, um, and where the girls were coming from. So it was a little bit more dry. But once you get past the first couple chapters, it's really, really pooling. Um, I I liked it. I really haven't heard many other people give any accolades to it. I think it's kind of one of these hidden treasure type books, but I liked it. Mm -hmm. Also, the cover is very pretty. It is, which kind of makes it sad in terms of like how what it's about. Yeah, yeah. I'm with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, my last book I want to recommend: "The Man from the Train." It's by Bill James, and Bill James is actually he works in the Boston Red Sox front office. He is more well known for writing um, baseball abstracts, which were previews and deep dives into baseball players from the 70s and the 80s. And so when I first picked up this book a while back, I was like, that's weird. Like, I know Bill James. I've read his work. He's very analytical into baseball, and which is a sport I'm moderately interested in. I mean, you're you're a very sportsy type guy. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that you picked a book that was written by a, a sports person. Well, the funny thing is I didn't know when I did. I just... I. I I don't want to go into my deep dive process on finding books, but basically, you know. We'll be here all day. We, we probably would. But I end up finding a, a topic that interests me, and then I read the description, okay, and then I look at the page count. Is it enough pages that I can really sink my teeth into? If all of those boxes are checked, then I put it on hold. So when it came in, I don't know how I missed Bill James and didn't put two and two together. But I was like, wait a second, the baseball guy? And sure, indeed it was. And what I like about Bill James on this, he teams up with his daughter on this book, is – in 1912, there was an axe, well, an axe murderer um, going down from Florida to Washington, just murdering people left and right. And people were executed uh, more than likely unfairly under the assumption that they were the axe murderer. Obviously, during that time, several dozens of people were killed by this. And ultimately, he was someone who went, did his thing or everything and was gone. And... What Bill and his daughter try to do in this book is use a lot of analytics. They even boil it down to 34 traits that that killer may have had to try to figure out who it may have been. And so they're working backwards. This book was around 2012, 2013. So they go back 100 years and their methodology, a methodology, can't speak today, their method, their method, we'll say that, to trying to figure out who this killer may have been is interesting, but it's not only... The, the, the analytics that they use, it's 
the deep dive from historical setting using the mind um, of, of the thinking of the time of investigators back then and how obviously they may have plenty of holes and how they may have been onto something with the way that they underwent their investigation. And ultimately coming down to the conclusion I found is a very a, a interesting book. It was it was definitely a, a chip off a different true crime block because it doesn't read with the type of, okay, you're really getting a feel for, um, let's say, the victims of the crime. It's not that slant. It's more, okay, this is what happened. Let's try to figure out what the investigators were thinking. Let's try to kind of parallel that with how we're looking at it now. And let's develop a method to use these traits that the killer may have had to kind of narrow it down into the more logical conclusion. And so with that, I say the man from the train, it's uh, it's called the cent- it's solving of a century old serial killer mystery by Bill James. It's really good. This was from what I've seen his lone voyage into a book other than baseball, but it was a heck of a way to do it. Who knew? <laughs> the more you know. I know. I And I think it's, I like how you pick books that have crossover, mm-hmm. like sports into true crime. Mm-hmm. You did mystery into true crime. so <laughs> Appreciate that. I, I mean, you are a very well-read person. Thank you. So, yeah. I will take the props. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my last book, um, actually, I just did a last-minute swap, is Adnan's story, uh, The Search for the Truth and Justice After Serial. So Adnan Syed was a, like, I want to say he was 17. He was in high school. Yeah. Um, and his ex-girlfriend was murdered. She was a exchange student. Mm-hmm. And she was murdered, like, found in the middle of the woods. And um, they were trying to figure out who did it. Um, and underneath all these circumstances, it was, it got pinned on, Adnan. Now, if you ever listen to Serial, which is a podcast, um, you may think one thing like, yeah, he totally did it. And then you read the book, who was written by a family friend, um, Rabia Shardy, I believe is how you pronounce it. That's the best way of saying it, yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was, the book is very interesting because it kind of gives you like a background of what happened. She reached out to Serial, I believe, trying to get his story out there because his family and his friends obviously believe that he didn't do it. Like he had nothing to do with it. He's such a sweet kid. Um, there's no way. And the prosecutor and everyone else was just pinning things on him. He had a friend that wasn't very helpful during his trial. Um, they have allegated that, you know, Adnan's first lawyer really messed up the case and things like that. So it's very interesting and it's an interesting insight to the criminal justice system Mm -hmm. because she actually, the author, turned into a lawyer. Oh, wow. Because of this case. Wow. So um, she's like put her whole life into backing up this guy, Mm -hmm. claiming that he didn't do it. Um, I believe the murder took place, I want to say 99, 2000, somewhere around there. So it's been about 20 years. So, I mean, 20 years plus 17, the the dude's like 37 now. Yeah. And he's spent 20 years in prison for a crime that he may or may not have committed. Mm-hmm. So um, there's, it wasn't that well known mm-hmm. to me before I read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but after doing like some research and uh, watching, again, HBO had a documentary about it. <laughs> That's how I find these books, I swear. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very interesting and... Everybody has their take. Either he did it or he didn't do it. I mean, there's enough evidence to sway you either way. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for, I call it like a, a brain puzzle. Yeah. This is definitely a book for a brain puzzle. There you go. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you a book version that's the opposite of that. Hit me. All right. So all our books so far have been, you know, 200 plus pages, 300 plus like deep dives uh, of books. I mean, it's going to be something that you're going to definitely take a little bit of time into getting into. And there's a certain author who, you know, is one of the well-known ever. He has hundreds of books. I I mean, that's probably an exaggeration, but easily hundreds. Alyssa just finished that sentence and he just finished another book. So <laughs> that's kind of where we are. Um, but, you know, if, for, for the man who's written everything, he has also turned to true crime. That person is James Patterson. Now, I will tell you, I've only read one of his true crime books, but I feel like with James Patterson... Un, whether it's fairly or unfairly, you've read one, you've read them all. So, you know, the quick reads, um, the, the topic is obviously different, but you have All-American Murder, Murder Interrupted, and Home Sweet Murder. I read um, Home Sweet Murder, which is each book is almost like a mini anthology. It's the same sort of trademarks of Patterson, these quick chapters that move really fast that you almost feel like you're just kind of breezing through. If you like James Patterson, then like you can stop right here and just skip this next sentence. For me, it's like eating like potato chips, but like without seasoning. You know, like like it's like reading junk food, but like I'm not <laughs> I'm not tasting anything, you know what I mean? But that's just my own personal take. There's so, no pizzazz there. There isn't. I'm just like, oh okay, read, read okay, go, okay. Mm. And okay. we're done. All right. And I feel like his true crime books in this way are sort of like that. Uh you can the way he sets it and goes right into it is this very quick readable style. So if you want to get through books really fast and also have like a true crime hankering, I would recommend these books. In fact, another one just came out. Of course, I would not know the title off the top of my head, uh, which is unfortunate, but actually that's surprising. I'm sorry. Yeah, but definitely um, go, you know, Libby uh, Hoopla, MCLDAZ.org. Just put James Patterson, true crime. All his books will pop up. I would also like to mention um, that on the cover of the James Patterson books, we have two of them sitting right here, the Home Sweet Murder and the Murder Interrupted. Mm -hmm. um, they are investigation discoveries yes, seen as. Oh, my gosh. I love investigation discovery. It's just. Is this like your you can't sleep insomnia show? Yeah. I binge watched Deadly Women yesterday. Now we're bringing it up. It was on for like five hours. And I just, I'm not going to comment on that. I mean, it was, it was, it's, it's so like, I feel wrong, but like, it's like, oh, next Twisted Sisters. Okay, cool. But I mean, like, I'm the same person that will sit in my apartment and just binge watch BuzzFeed Unsolved for hours on end. So there, yeah. Okay. So, so there's, I mutual, can under, I can there's a mutual agreement there. So yeah. But it, the partnership with Investigative Discovery, because they do have these murders and um, a Patterson interaction on the actual shows. So oh. he's doing a written version of some of the episodes featured and it's really neat i mean not the books the books are the books are fine the books are good but like the show oh yeah i love it but anyway james patterson i mean he is a legend uh however you feel about him uh, uh he's a, a literary legend so definitely check them out again i would recommend this for true crime fans who just want to breeze through a book and I think that does it for us here in the Ed Ropes and Stacks of True Crime. Oh, yeah. And thanks for joining us for this podcast of Shelf Logic. Check us out on mcldaz.org. Don't forget to subscribe and save. We love you. You love us. Oh, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at mcldaz.org. 